Welcome back. Let's take a deep breath in. And as you breathe out, relax your body, drop your shoulders, and settle into your seat. Today, I would like to tell you an inspirational story about a man called Anthony Ray Hinton. Although his name is Anthony, everyone calls him Ray. Ray was raised by his mother, and he was the youngest of three kids. Growing up, his family were financially poor, but his mom loved him unconditionally, and she taught him some great lessons in life. Ray was born and raised in Alabama in the 1950s, where racism was rife. But she taught him to never see race or judge people because of their color. She told him, Listen, there are going to be people that dislike you because of the color of your skin. Some are going to dislike you because you're black. Some people are going to dislike you because you're light-skinned. You're going to have people dislike you because of whatever reason they find to dislike you. That's just how the world is. But you have to be knowing that you are responsible for how you treat others. You're not responsible for how they treat you. Do you understand? I don't care what people say about you. You don't drop to their level. You always treat someone better than what they treat you. Always. You see, Ray had a very close relationship to his mom. And he lived with her until his late 20s. He was an avid baseball and basketball player in school. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to pursue his career in sports. He ended up working as a contract laborer without having ever been accused of any violent acts. One sunny afternoon in 1985, when he was about to cut his mom's lawn, the police arrived and they arrested him. He didn't know why. His mom was distraught. When they arrived at county jail, he asked the arresting officer why he'd been arrested. He was told that he was charged with kidnapping, robbing, and murdering two restaurant managers at separate locations in Alabama. A third attempt had been made, but the victim had survived and had given a description of the robber that they believed fitted Ray. Of course, Ray was in shock and told them they'd gone the wrong person. 
the lieutenant's response was, you know, I don't care whether you did it or you didn't do it. In fact, I believe you didn't do it. But it doesn't matter. If you didn't do it, one of your brothers did. And you're going to take the rap. You want to know why? Number one, you're black. Number two, a white man gonna say you shot him. Number three, you're gonna have a white district attorney. Number four, you're gonna have a white judge. And number five, you're gonna have an all-white jury. And then he paused and smiled at Ray. Ray was arrested, and a long and arduous trial began, which can only be described as a mockery of justice. He had passed a lie detector test with flying colors, but the courts dismissed the results. An expert proved that the gun they found at his mom's house was not the one used in the crimes, but this was dismissed because his lawyer had hired an expert who was legally blind in one eye. You might wonder why his lawyer would hire an expert who's blind in one eye. Well, years later, it turned out the lawyer was a racist, previously convicted of racial prejudice. While Ray was in prison, his lawyer had gotten a call from a guy saying he was the actual killer but nobody had tracked him down or taken it seriously. Or considered the fact that when these crimes took place, Ray had clocked into work and had various alibis to prove this, none of whom were allowed to come to court to testify. Ray was indicted for both murders, and the state prosecutors wanted to make sure he got the death sentence. He was put into a five by seven foot cell where he spent nearly 30 years of his life on death row, awaiting his death for crimes he did not commit. He was only allowed out one hour a day. They would get woken up at 3 a.m. for breakfast 10 a.m. for lunch, and dinner was at 2 p.m. He was hungry every night. He spent the first few years feeling nothing but hatred and rage about how he'd been let down by the justice system that he'd been raised to obey. The only people he would talk to were his mother and his best friend Lester when they came for visits. He said, when no one believes a word you say, eventually you stop saying anything. After his fourth year, he heard the man in the cell next to his crying. Ray said that the love and compassion I had received from my mom spoke through me and asked him what was wrong. The man said he just found out his mother had passed away. I told him, look at it this way. 
Now you have someone in heaven who's going to argue your case before God. And then I told him a joke, and he laughed. Suddenly, my voice and my sense of humor were back. Ray said, for 26 long years after that night, I tried to focus on other people's problems. And every day I did, I would get to the end of the day and realize that I hadn't focused on my own. During his time on death row, he not only befriended and consoled other death row prisoners, but he also became friends with the prison guards who would seek his advice about various issues in life. According to Ray, I was in service to others. It was what my mom wanted, and it got me through each day, each month, until my visit with Lester. Ray's cell was close to the execution chamber, and he watched 54 people walk by his cell before they were executed. He got his fellow inmates to bang on the bars of their cell five minutes before there was an execution so that the person being sent to their death wouldn't feel alone. Ray said, I discovered on death row that the other inmates had not had the unconditional love that I had had for my mother. We became a family and we didn't know if they had any other family or friends there with them. So we were banging the bars to say to those who were being put to death, we're with you. We still love you right up to the end. Eventually, after nearly 30 long years on death row, the Supreme Court unanimously agreed and ordered for Ray's release. When he was released, they asked him if he was angry. And he said that he had forgiven all of the people who had wrongfully accused him. He said he forgave them all and chose to stay vigilant to any signs of anger or hate in his heart. They took 30 years of my life. If I couldn't forgive... If I couldn't feel joy, that would be like giving them the rest of my life. Ray found himself in an unfair and painful situation. And for a moment, he lost himself to anger and hate. But he found his way back to himself through loving acts, by becoming of service to others. He found a way to overcome his grim life circumstances by following the wisdom and love that was in his heart. This allowed him to find joy in a joyless place. We might not always be able to choose our life circumstances, but who we choose to be in this life is up to us. That's our choice. 
every one of us. And that's a choice that matters more than you know. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you.